Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cold Hard Truth Podcast. I'm Jack Smith. And I'm Anish Gupta. And today's going to be an interesting episode, and it will be, you know, moving forward. We're trying out this new style of episode. Before we talk, you know, about what we're going to talk about, I want to discuss this new format with you guys. Basically, what we're going to have each episode is Anish and I will start off the episode, we'll discuss a topic, and then in the middle of every episode, Shrikar will be doing an interview with different personalities, you know, across the NFL media landscape. Uh, that could be former players, current players. It could be fan pages of certain teams that might have interesting things to say. It could be other journalists and reporters. Basically, it's just a way for him uh, and us to, you know, get a little bit of outreach in the community and in, in the football world. Um, and, and bring you guys some more interesting stuff with different personalities other than just us three and get some guests on episodes. And then after we come back from that interview, Anish and I will discuss another topic or two. So it's kind of instead of a podcast episode, more of an, a complete audio experience about as much football as we can talk. And, and so we just want to test this out. And obviously, you guys can let us know uh, what you think in the YouTube comments or on Instagram or Twitter or anything like that. But in this one, our Shrikar is going to be talking to Jaguars Intel uh, Instagram page. And he's going to talk to them about a lot of things Jaguars. I'm sure Trevor Lawrence will come up. Uh, the Jaguars' future, very bright. So good to have that discussion. But for me and Anish right now, uh, first we're going to talk about the new Dak Prescott deal, which happened, and it was absolutely massive, and it's really great for Dak. We're going to analyze what it means for him and the rest of the NFL. Uh, and then after we come back from Shrikar's interview, we'll talk about the franchise tags, which were recently uh, given out. And then the recent stuff that happened with the Chiefs' offensive tackles uh, woke up this morning to some crazy news. So we'll get into that later. But – Anish, to start it off, Dak Prescott got absolutely paid. And, uh, uh, you know, you can break down the contract a little bit, but I want to know from you, you know, what it means for the Cowboys, what it means for Dak, and what you think it means for the rest of the NFL. Good deal, bad deal. Kind of the normal stuff where we break down the contracts. So for Dak Prescott, uh, so the deal is four years, 160. Uh, it's 126 mil guaranteed. And it is, he's getting 75 mil total his first year. And I don't, I think it is roster bonus, signing bonus and salary combined. So I think that's 75 total mil his first year, which is 2021. So he got paid. Uh, I believe it is the second highest overall, uh, I think annual salary also uh, second highest overall contract. I think it's just above Deshaun Watson. Um, so with this deal, it's, it's kind of iffy because, you know, there, this has been going on for honestly two years, this whole contract dispute. It was thrown out in 2019 after I believe Dak went to the playoffs uh, the year before. And they were like, okay, fine. This, you know, Dak has been a really good QB for the Dallas Cowboys. He's kind of been their franchise guy. Let's extend him. But, you know, that 2019 season where they go eight and eight, that gave Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, and the Cowboys front office leverage. Okay, you didn't make the playoffs here, right? biggest game you choke it to to the eagles who were pretty hampered in philadelphia and you lose the division so can we really have you be our long-term guy to get to where we need to be so that question arose and obviously you know i actually probably mentioned this a couple of times because i've heard it on many media outlets jack prescott is actually one of the most durable quarterbacks at least we've seen uh in a while for at least his first four years oh yeah and then the ankle right like that was so you know just unexpected uh, obviously a gruesome look at it. Um, you know, I didn't expect it at all. Prayers out to him. I know he's doing well. He's on track to actually come back week one. There were reports out on that. But to go into the deal, I have never been, you know, the biggest fan of Dak Prescott. I've never like, I don't hate on him. I, you know, I've just, I, I never thought that he was just a, like a game changer. I, I didn't think that even in 2016, I just, you know, there were flashes. So that's why I, I never said he wasn't bad or wasn't good, but there wasn't anything like, you know, that I saw from a guy like Deshaun Watson or Josh Allen. Again, I think he's just a tier below that. Now that's not bad. Um, but I just think there wasn't anything, you know, in those first four years where I think, okay, he's going to get this team to where it needs to be. So I saw this um, article or I saw, I think it was a post and it said, you know, what are the Cowboys going to be in the next four years? Is it going to be one to two playoff appearances, no playoff appearances, three to four NFC champions or Super Bowl champions. Now, if I were to put it in that retrospect, I think they go to the playoffs one or two times in the next four, but you know, it's not this Cowboys curse or anything like that, but I just don't see how, you know, you're going to be able to pay uh, your defensive guys because just think about the contracts that they've had. And even with the, the insane amount of restructuring, it's going to be really hard to deal with. You overpaid Jalen Smith. You overpaid Demarcus Lawrence, right? You gave them, I mean, Demarcus Lawrence was $21 million annual salary and insane guaranteed money. 
Same thing with Amari Cooper. It wasn't it wasn't that bad, but again, five years, 100 mil, you're paying him the same as Michael Thomas. Now, Amari Cooper is no Michael Thomas. And then Ezekiel Elliott, six years, 90 mil. That is that six years is a lot of time to put into a running back. And like Jack has said, and I've agreed with him every step of the way, running backs primes don't last very long and especially keep them under lock for six years, that much money, not worth it. So now with this uh, contract on Dak Prescott, you know, it's not because I know they can easily restructure it. The money is not going to be the issue in terms of for him, but for the, for the Dallas Cowboys in terms of salary cap, it's going to definitely be an issue down the road. So the deal I thought was a little bit iffy fit wise, you know, rest of the NFL, the Cowboys will always be up there for the NFC East because it's just so unpredictable, but I just don't see them as an NFC contender for the next couple of years. I, and to kind of, you know, let Jack analyze it as well. I would say, Good deal for Dak. I think he deserves it. You know, he came in as a fourth round pick. A lot, lot of pressure on him to replace Tony Romo. It, it is America's team. You know, it is one of the most star highlighted positions in football, if not the most. So he comes in, he does really well. Um, you know, never anything bad about him off the field. Been a great guy. So I think he deserves the deal. For the Cowboys, it's a little bit questionable because you have now overpaid all of your stars. And it's going to so slowly come to bite you back and eat you up. Yeah, I think that I'm mean, obviously great for Dak Prescott to finally get his money, but I'm I'm a little bit disappointed that he's back with Dallas. Like I feel like, yeah, he's a tier below those talents, maybe like Deshaun Watson and Josh Allen. But we saw what he can do on the field this year. I mean, with the stats that he put up were absolutely insane. The problem was he just wasn't getting wins, and. I don't know whether that's a problem with Dallas or with him, but I just felt like he needed a change of scenery. And it kind of sucks knowing that he was mistreated kind of by Dallas for years. And now they've got him locked up. Like, yeah, they paid him a lot of money, but it's kind of like they got away with the whole situation. Like Dallas has had a lot of turmoil in the past couple of years with, you know, what's on the field, not on the field, but Dak's kind of always been that steady and calm presence. Um, obviously in the past that meant not getting injured and, and just being a good guy and not, getting caught up in anything but now he's I just feel like he's stuck on the Cowboys and he had a choice and it would have been great to see him have a choice uh, and go to a team that would have you know rolled out the red carpet for him and I don't think that's what uh, Dallas did and I think even then like just even though he got the money I still feel like the Cowboys took advantage of him a little bit just because they got away with the stuff in the past and I just I feel like he could have picked somewhere where he could have won more football games like mm -hmm. this Dallas defense isn't very good. Uh, their offensive line is getting older. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of weapons there, but Mike McCarthy isn't great. And, and they've got a lot of money tied up in a ton of other places. Um, and now Dak, look, and, you know, I know you did videos on it. I think going to Carolina would have just been better for him in general. I 100% would have wanted. I'm telling you, there is just, there isn't as much upside. Look, what has Mike McCarthy done? How has yeah. he adapted to NFL offenses? He hasn't. It just has, he hasn't. And Again, Carolina, I saw so many great things that I can see in them in the future. And, you know, a quarter, they're not a quarterback away from anything too big. They're a quarterback but, in time uh, away, at least. Yeah, I mean, that's of what you course. Say. Like this, this team could easily make the playoffs next year. There's so many young pieces that are getting better. I think we, I've talked about like, a lot about the Panthers. Oh, yeah, we have. Weeks, but, but so, <laughs> but I mean, for Dak, there's so many other things. You can yeah. even bring up Chicago. I mean, there, mm -hmm. there's so many other teams that could have given him upside to, you know, win football games and I think you know to go back to Dak's stats at least this year he was on pace for so many like passing yeah. records or at least going yeah up he, had, there. Uh, he had almost 2,000 yards by week he had five. okay put it in perspective he had at more passing yards than Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson in so Dak I believe played five and a half games mm -hmm. he had more than Baker and Lamar in their first 11 I mean like that that's just a, yeah. absurd to me <laughs> but I think you know it's not even hating on him or any saying anything bad, but I think his passing stats were a little bit skewed because, yeah. and it's not just his, he's a garbage time quarterback. I will never say that about anybody, but I think some of the passes or, and some of the things that he's done. So like, for example, the Browns game, a, a lot of Cowboys fans will bring up that Browns game. And the problem is you were up 14 to seven, right? And there were five drives where you only amassed 50 yards total or sorry, yeah. I, like not even that, I think it was less. Um, and, you know, not a single first down, there were turnovers. It wasn't, again, it wasn't all on Dak, but those five drives really had the Browns uh, take over and build that 41 to 14 lead. Yes, he brought him back. Yes, he played well down the stretch. 
But those there are some crucial moments in the game where Dak Prescott not necessarily folds, but isn't uh, isn't up to par with you know his quote unquote passing you know like standards I guess. Yeah. And he plays he. I mean, I love his deep ball, you know, just looking back, even when I was, I had to watch some Dak Prescott film when I was doing that Panthers video and like some of the throws he makes, he's got a beautiful uh, Mm -hmm. spiral and, you know, he'll make plays with his arms and legs. Like there's really no absurd weakness to his game, like, or something really highlighted. But I think what is this, you know, again, back to the question, what does this mean for the NFL? Do the Cowboys really scare you? Like, as an NFC, they, they no. don't for me. And, and for me, when I was thinking about it, like there were three, there were three draws to the Cowboys for Dak Prescott. And one of them kind of revolves around that is he doesn't need to scare anybody with the Cowboys because they're going to win the division or they're going to be up there for the division. If he went to the Panthers, I mean, you got to compete with the Saints, the, the Falcons and the Buccaneers who like the Falcons probably won't have a chance. But I mean, in the NFC East, he can basically run the division. If, 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 if everything works out, he can very easily run the division. The, the, the other oh, yeah. two were... Um, the fact that, you know, he's been a cowboy for a long time. Um, and just, I think for him, there might've been a little bit of like sticking it to the Cowboys. Like you didn't want to pay me and now you have kind of thing, but look, he has so much talent and the production is there. And I think he's, a, he's easily a top 10 quarterback in my eyes, but it's just really top. To, I, I think okay, he's top I, think 10. I put him, I put him in the tier. So, you know, it was so hard because I, someone asked me uh, a few days ago to rank, my quarterbacks and I didn't know if I had to put Prescott in there because and there, that's a question too I think people are just kind of writing it off how is he going to come back from the ankle now I'm not that's saying true. he won't like it's not that big of an injury right like you know we've seen people you know like for example ACLs used to be a big deal now mm-hmm. it's you know with treatment and medical advances it's been so great nine-month yeah. recovery people have really like for example Thomas Davis had three ACLs just retired but I mean he played a lengthy career despite having three. So, you know, it's just a question that I'm throwing out. And I think to put it, you know, to kind of pause on that top 10 thing, would you agree with me here? I think he's in, he's in the tier of, you know, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, and Justin Herbert. I would say I'd put yeah. them in that tier if you want to put them above, yeah, below. Right. I think he's right there. I'm going to try and pull up the document, but I, I'm, I'm planning on, you know, once more quarterbacks get situated with their team doing a, a ranking of all the quarterbacks in the league. And I guess I'll spoil that a little bit by finding Dax ranking but when I was thinking about it it's just like how do you deny it's just trying to find a balance with like like, he played five and a half games but those five and a half games were electric tons of points uh Mm -hmm. tons of yards and touchdowns and stuff but then again also how do you balance that with not having enough wins like Mm -hmm. they didn't other than the Falcons game, the Falcons game was a great performance, but then you got it. Like, there's just so many things you have to factor in with Dak Prescott. And so I want to believe that everything will work out on this contract. And I think he deserves it. He's I, in my opinion, he's a top 10 quarterback, but I just, I don't see everything working out with Dallas. Like I, I really I don't either. I just, yeah. with all of their contract situations, I just don't see them winning so I got I got two questions for you because I think and you know hopefully people in the comments will respond to this too. So one, do you think Dak will get another big contract? Like, do you think he will get another you know big extension like this? So do you think he's gonna last have his prime will last more than four years? Do you think that? I do. And, and by the way, I had him as a tenth. I had him right at ten. Um, actually, there was a four. There was a four guy stretch with the four guys that you said in his tier right there. Um, from yeah. Uh, nine through 10 or nine through 12. Um, and so I do think he, there's, I do there's think. a little bit of Brown's bias in me, but he's, so I wanted to ask you this, would you take Dak Prescott or Baker Mayfield? Like, I, I'm not going to answer because I don't want to, I don't want to throw my, but I actually, I'm curious. Cause I, I don't think I've ever asked Jack, like just in general, either off camera or on camera, would you take Dak Prescott or Baker Mayfield? Well, I guess I'll spoil who I have at nine. Uh, I do. I have Baker at nine. Um, and so, I, yeah, I would take Baker. Uh, youth is a big issue or is a big factor. Um, and while Dak, you know, never got injured before this, he got injured now and Baker's Baker hasn't been injured yet. More recently won a playoff game. Um, and I think that the resilience, like the, the resilience, they've both shown resilience, but the resilience that Baker showed last year bouncing back, um, and then also like from, from season to season, but also then in the middle of this season is why I'd go with Baker. But mm-hmm. to bring this kind of full circle on Dak, I think you'd agree with me. Great signing for him, just great getting his money. But I just feel like there was, there's just something there that like leaves something to be desired. 
I, and, yeah, and also for you know, like you got to look in Cowboys' perspective too. I think this keeps them relevant because if Dak is gone, now that comes the question: of Who's going to be the Dallas Cowboys quarterback? We do remember when Tony Romo was injured and they went four and twelve. Cowboys were unwatchable. And, yeah, you know, Jerry Jones is as much of a businessman as he is a football fan. So you know, he doesn't want the Cowboys to be irrelevant. And I think that's yeah. just that's something. I mean, they were irre- once once Dak went down, they were irrelevant. Like I, mm-hmm. I didn't watch a Cowboy. I like they yeah, just they went they two just, and, they were two and nine like that yeah. or three and nine that stretch unwatchable i mean it was like no, terrible, it was terrible cowboys football and uh, you know they started winning some games down the stretch but like yeah it was already too and late. so uh, you know i get the point that you want to stick with dallas want to stick with the team that drafted you all of that but i don't know i just felt like he i just felt like i really wanted to see him with a new team and because there mm-hmm. were so many different like if he, it, it's for him but also for the rest of the nfl because if he doesn't get an extension then the QB carousel is just insane. Um, and because <laughs> yep. when wherever, oh, yeah, wherever he goes, uh, it's that just, it causes so many different domino effects. So it just left a little bit of something to be desired for him because I wanted to see him kind of get out of Dallas, um, but also just for the rest of the NFL. Um, but I think that, that kind of wraps up our talk about Dak. Just good signing uh, for the Cowboys. I think they needed to get that done and I'm, I'm glad they finally got it done. And same for Dak. I'm glad he finally got paid just, you know, maybe wish it was somewhere new, but uh, like I mentioned before, uh, Shrigar's doing the interview. We'll put that right in the middle and we'll send it to him right now. All right. Thank you, Jack and Anish. And I'm with my man, Tyler from Jags Intel. If you want, you can introduce yourself. We had him on the pad on the podcast over summer, uh, but he runs an Instagram page. One of the best Jaguars pages on IG right now. Go ahead and introduce yourself, my man. Um, my name's Tyler. Uh, I, I, I still run the page, but it's rough with college and everything. I'm more or less post mainly on my production page because I'm focusing a lot more on um, doing stuff for FSU and the Seminoles. I'm actually doing the homecoming video, the sports reel. They gave me access to the whole shebang, all the athletic department videos. And it was like, I went in there and I was like a kid in a candy shop. I had a four (laughs) terabyte hard drive. And I was like, Oh boy, I get everything. (laughs) that's so dope man it's great to have you on again uh for 15 about about 15 to 20 minutes we're just going to talk jags uh this is obviously a big off season for the franchise you bring in urban meyer um it seems like a whole new regime now uh my first question here the jags have the most cap space in the league so what is your ideal off season with that in mind what do you want to see the jags do in free agency and uh maybe in the draft too because outside of the number one pick which is obviously going to be trevor uh, what do you want to see them do at 25, maybe in the later rounds? What's your ideal offseason here? I feel like uh, if we can go out, uh, well, no thanks to the Bears. Um, I wanted Allen Robinson to come home. I, we shouldn't have <laughs> let him leave in the yeah. first place, but um, screw the franchise tag. They should get rid of it. Um, Very questionable. Mm-hmm. I feel like if we can get Johnny Smith, we should get him just to poach him from the Titans because we need a tight end like Eifert's really badly. Eifert's a free agent, right? Eifert is a free agent, and mm-hmm. he's injury prone, and he's like 34. Yeah. Like – I remember his be... glory days with the Bengals, man. Like he was looking good, but it was always it was always health, man. It was always health. And then the Jaguars kept him healthy, to be fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, just, he just wasn't good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And he didn't have good quarterbacks to back it up. Um, I was thinking I with like, tight end, uh, you know, maybe at 25, you could get someone like Pat Fryermuth, maybe a Brevin Jordan in the second round because Kyle Pitts, he's not going to fall like that far. Oh, but, no. uh, it'd be cool. It'd be cool to see, uh, you know, a dynamic tight end in the Jags offense. I, with Trevor. I, I like, I like Brevin Jordan in round two. Yeah. I don't like him in round one. I <laughs> feel like round one, we don't necessarily have to go O-line, but we probably should. And people were also mocking maybe a receiver, uh, help out DJ Chark, uh, LaVisca. I, I think we end up getting Kenny Galladay. Mm, interesting. Because I, th- I don't think anyone can out-money us. Oh, no. Well, technically, no not. one can out-money us. And he's like, what, 20, 24, 25? Uh, I'll fact-check you, but I think, I think he's still I think pretty he's young. Tw- I think he's 25 because he came out of college three years and then. Oh, he's 27. He, he's 27. Yeah. Okay. I thought he was, yeah, I thought he was younger than that. 
I thought he was too. I thought he just got off his, his rookie contract and then had a franchise tag. Mm, guess I think he came into the league and he was already on the older side. I was about to say maybe he had like a, a red shirt year in college or something. Mm-hmm. And recently, I mean, recently on a, I think Maurice Jones drew, uh, he was saying maybe you could add someone like an Aaron Jones. I don't see that happening. I don't see a reason for it. James Robinson can be that workhorse guy. I mean, I mean, even if you don't want a workhorse, James Robinson, you can get a back in the draft, mm-hmm. or you could you. just get an un- another undrafted free agent. Since I we mean, seem to like to hit on those running backs, it's I mean, Keelan Cole and James Robinson, like you can find a great running back, you know, just anywhere nowadays. It's why the position is becoming less and less valuable to like really you don't have to spend high on it we saw that with leonard Fournette. we saw that with uh we saw multiple we could bring leonard Fournette back as a matter of fact if we really wanted to it wouldn't happen but we could i don't think he'd be too keen on it though <laughs> oh no. only thing stopping oh, no. that is lenny himself unfortunately <laughs> i don't think lenny's leaving leaving tampa mm-hmm. i don't think he should but yeah no and i mean i just think that there's we need uh, – it sucks because all the players that I wanted got franchise tag. Marcus yeah. Williams got franchise tag. I knew Justin Simmons was getting franchise tag. There was no way they were letting yeah. him leave. He's the first guy. Yeah, no. I was like, there's there's no shot. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I mean, it depends on, on what our defensive coordinator wants to do because we revamped our whole staff. Because if they want to transition to a 3-4, I'd say we should go get Vaughn Miller. Mm-hmm. Okay, that'd be an interesting pickup. Because um, someone has to teach Josh Allen because we gutted our entire roster and have no veterans, literally at all. Mm-hmm. I think our longest, like our oldest player is DJ Hayden. On the defense? I'm pretty sure. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, unless it's like a backup, backup D tackle. Yeah, like, but even then, like a key contributor, I mean. Yeah, it like – and even then, DJ Hayden was out most of the year. It was Sidney Jones, Trey Herndon, and uh, who's his face? Jag, Jags need corner, too, because outside of C.J. Henderson, it's very thin, you know? Yeah, I mean, Sidney Jones was productive a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, like, eh. And I hate Trey Herndon with a passion. <laughs> like, it is, like, one of those things where it's like, you know, you just have that one player in your team, and you're like, Man, sometimes like he makes crazy plays, but most of the time it's like, what on earth is what? He got like the first, and it all started when Christian McCaffrey hurdled him. After that happened, I was was, was like, how do you come back from that? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's probably. And now he's in a freaking commercial for it. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. The the Oikos commercial. Yeah, yeah. Is crazy, man. I mean, that's it's his embodied in history forever. <laughs> but even then, uh, I think one of the more surprising moves that we've seen from the Jags thus far is uh, tagging Cam Robinson. How do you feel about that move? Um, I think in comparison to his age and his stat line of just like sacks allowed, I think he's only allowed like six in the past two years. It's pretty, which impressive. isn't terrible. That's not terrible. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I know our, our his tag gives him like 13 mil, mm-hmm. which is about average left tackle money. If it was like 18 mil or something, I'd be a little bit like, eh. but he's young. So I guess this is just kind of a prove it year. In worst case scenario, we can draft a guy like Elijah Vera Tucker at 25. If he makes it that far, we got to see, cause he's rising yeah. these draft boards. You know, yeah, especially all these him. pro pro days. Mm-hmm. Or Tevin Jenkins, I don't think he'll he'll rise yeah, that Te- far. Tevin Jenkins is definitely attainable there. Uh, Jalen Mayfield from Michigan, maybe um, that would be an interesting pickup. For a while, I wanted Slater, but he's not going to be available. Yeah. <laughs> Slater Slater's just a monster, man. Like he's for a while, level. people had Slater at guard, and I was like, "Are you kidding me? He's the uh, only guy I've ever yeah. seen stop Chase Young." <laughs> but the good thing about him is, like, you know. He can play tackle. He can play guard. But, I mean, if you're starting him, like, in your first year, you'd have to go tackle. I mean, 
it's yeah. just it's just no reason to really play him at guard. Maybe he could grow into that role. Uh, it really depends who drafts him. Uh, but really, like with Trevor Lawrence, I know how hyped you and the city of Jacksonville must have been when the Jets won those games. When you finally secured that first overall pick, I mean, this guy we were the for sure going to find a way to screw it up. <laughs> I mean, this guy is the total package. He's he has everything you want. He's everything you want in a, in a prospect. Um, I've been seeing comparisons. He's been compared to Peyton Manning. Like, this is insane. Uh, for I have two questions here. It's a double ended one. Uh, how one is how loud did you scream when the Jags finally secured the first overall pick? And two, uh, how many wins do you think Trevor gets in his first year as a member of Jacksonville? Uh... So I lost my shit. <laughs> like I, so I, I'll even show you because my setup right now is kind of similar. Actually, can I, yes, I can flip around my camera. Yep. I have my computer and I have my TV. I have my TV on what, whatever local channel I get, which is usually the Jags games because I'm in Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have this on Red Zone. It got to the point to where I just turned off Red Zone and I just put on the Jets game. <laughs> I never do that. And I was like, you know what? I, I literally was paying more attention to that than the Jags game. Cause that week we were playing the bears. Yeah. And I was <laughs> and I remember scared that we were going to beat the bears like the first quarter. People in the stands were literally cheering for the like actual Jags fans. Like <laughs> talk yeah, about a tank job, were, man. And, and people were like, Oh, they're fake fans. No, they're not. No, they're, they're real fans for that. They, they, they know what's going on. They're paying attention. And with Trevor Lawrence, I mean, I feel like four to seven is attainable. Four to seven wins. Mm-hmm. I mean, in my opinion, we're always going to beat the Colts at home. That always happens. Yes. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. We literally shut out Andrew Luck and then he retired. <laughs> with Cody Kessler like the, the sequence of events <laughs> leading up to his retirement like it was week 16 we had nothing to play for we beat him six to zero it's <laughs> and then he's like you know what maybe this football thing just isn't for me anymore I know it's <laughs> that's insane to me man in my opinion I think I think Trevor gets you I mean, if I had to go super early record prediction, I'd say six and 10, uh, maybe five and 11. You'll still be picking yeah. high. Um, but, you know, this guy, even though he's close to being Jesus, he's not Jesus. Like, he's not. He's, he's sunshine. Not gonna, he's not Jesus. He's, <laughs> he's sunshine. But uh, he's not going to get you like eight, eight or nine wins. I mean, I don't expect the Jags to completely flip the ship around. I was about um, to say, unless we literally sign every big name free agent out there. Yeah, which like we did obviously, tw- which the only time we did that was 2016, and we saw how that worked out. And I mean, Jacksonville with Trevor, it definitely helps, but they never really been like a free agent destination. It's a small market team. It's you know, it's not under the bright lights most of the time. I was about to say the only thing we have going for us is taxes. <laughs> Primarily and a the losing beach. culture. Yeah, and you got the nice weather there. I mean, that's that's forgiving, but uh, it's just. It's hard, you know, really getting free agents to Jacksonville. But now Trevor, you know, some of that kind of changes. Now teams really want to rally behind this guy because he's the real deal. And um, he's got a bright future ahead of him. And everyone knows that. Uh, so And our division sucks. For the, for the most part, I mean, we got to see what the Colts do because Carson Wentz is really hit or miss at this point. Uh yeah. And then but the, the Titans, Texans are trash. Oh yeah, Texans. Texans are going to be bottom of the barrel. They're the new Lions, the new Browns. I was about to say we're going to. Sw- that's why, like, I think we could get seven or eight wins, just because you'll sweep Houston. Just because because we'll so. sweep Houston. We'll get a win against Indianapolis at home. Yeah, that's three wins. Mm-hmm. That's three freebies. That's three free ones. But then <laughs> like, when it comes to the Titans, you know what's going to happen there. Yeah, the second game that they play us, Derrick Henry's going for 400 yards. Derrick Henry Place your just, bets now. Yeah, I mean, Derrick Henry always just demolishes the Titans. And he always I, goes for, like, these, like, 90, 95-yard runs every single time I see him play the Jags. It's insane. You see, just, what's funny is, for a while, he was my most hated player in the NFL. And that was only because he 
only did it against us. Understand. Now he screws everybody. And so you know what? <laughs> I can respect that. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna be the the leading rusher and get two thousand rushing yards, hey, I'm happy to be four hundred yards of that. And I definitely think he's, I guess, he's the best pure runner at the position. But if I was going for the best overall running back, not the best pure runner, I'd still go with CMC. Uh, that's uh-huh. just my opinion. But I mean, what this guy's been able to produce, it's like. It's mind-boggling. <laughs> That's why I thought I thought for my mocks, for some of them, I had us going um, Koromoa if he was aver- available at 25. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Jeremiah Usu-Koromoa. Because be ultimately, like, oh, yeah, no, the Jags have a good linebacking core. That doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. We have Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor in our division. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't oh. matter. And speaking of Trevor uh, – I have another question for you. Alex Smith, big name on the free agency market, right? Yes. What do you think about the idea of bringing him to Jacksonville, reuniting him with Urban Meyer, giving Trevor Lawrence a mentor? He's obviously not going to start in front of him, but would you be opposed to the idea of a former number one overall pick coaching up, mentoring the current number one overall pick? I mean, I wouldn't have anything against this. Honestly, I wouldn't even be opposed to them doing a similar situation to what they did with Tua in Miami. Mm, but I feel if like Tua and Trevor, him, I feel like Tua and Trevor is so different that you can't do oh yeah, that with It's Trevor. apples to oranges. But yeah. in the case of if Alex Smith gets us somehow, some way by some stroke of God in playoff contention, let him, let him take the season until the, it, it goes off the rails. Mm-hmm. Like, and it'd be interesting to see him just come back with Urban Meyer. He's already got the familiarity there with the uh, with the system that he's going to be running. And uh, we've seen Urban Meyer thus far. Nothing crazy. He's still kind of making his transition to the NFL. Um, we saw with the who was the, the Iowa State coach. Um, not not the best hire, <laughs> obviously for ethical reasons. But um, yeah. I mean, Urban Meyer, it's going to take some time, but do you think he will truly make this transition from the college to the NFL? Because I had uh, my fair share of doubts about Urban Meyer, honestly, coming into Jacksonville, um, especially when he got a guy like Trevor Lawrence coming in. It's a bit of a risk, but uh, how do you feel about the move? I feel like ultimately football is football. Mm -hmm. Um, And the X's and O's are the same. It's just different speed. Um, going from college to the NFL, different speed, different intensity, different, you get hit differently. Mm-hmm. Um, people are, players are smarter. You can't throw bad throws. You can't, it's harder to scheme people open. But I feel like the Jaguars are in a situation where we have so much capital in like unlimited cap space that if he can't make this work, oh, he's never getting a head coaching job again in, in the NFL. And we saw with Nick Saban, you know, another renowned head coach in college, it never really worked out for him the way he wanted. So that was um, his fault, though. It was. It was. And he, def- he, Urban he Meyer, didn't sign Drew Brees. <laughs> like, and Urban Meyer's got the better situation around him, for sure. Um, but it should be interesting to see what Urban Meyer does. You know, obviously, there's still a lot of time. Um, but as you said, like, the – he had so much authority at Ohio state. He's not going to have that uh, in Jacksonville. You know, still got to report. At least to the not, yet. not yet. Uh, I think he will I was about to say Belichick has that, but that's because he's Bill Belichick. I think he will have a little bit more power than Trent bulky and making like draft decisions and that sort of stuff. Cause coming from a Niner fan, Trent bulky is absolutely horrid, but I mean, I've heard he, he practically tore down this team and, I'm confident that he can, you know, get it turned around in Jacksonville. I mean, he's not doing too bad of a job right now, but uh, I think Urban Meyer will definitely have more of a say than Bulky. Um, oh, yeah. Especially with the front office. But even still, he's not going to have that type of authority just yet that he had at Ohio State. Because um, mm-hmm. he had practically everyone coming to him, not, you know, the program. That's just, just no, it's just another difference between college and the NFL and making that transition. Mm-hmm. And it's always, you know, looking at the future, Gardner Minshew, 
you know, people have seemingly just forgot about what the Jaguars are going to do with the, with this guy. I mean, do you trade him? Do you keep him as a backup? I mean, what him. can you, what can you get out of it though? I feel like we could get a third. A th- mm. I, I guess, I guess. To he, the right shown, team, we could get a third. He's shown upside, but at the same time, like Gardner Minshew. And I just... know exactly where I'd trade him to. Oh, where at? Vegas. The Las Vegas Raiders. Interesting. interesting. John Gruden, Gardner Minshew, match made in heaven. Interesting. You say that with Marcus Mariota and Derek Carr on the roster. See, but they're about to trade Mariota because they're going to have to pay him a bunch of money. There you because go. he played I in tried. one game and he was really good. I tried saying uh, Marcus Mariota to the Pats could be a potential trade, but I mean, it still a, could. Yeah, but they re-signed Cam Newton. I don't expect them to go after Mariota uh, anymore. They could still to push him, but I mean, I think they believe in Cam Newton. Um, just got to get him more <laughs> weapons. But uh, they shouldn't. <laughs> they should. Hey, he'll get you a solid eighty to ninety yards through the air. I mean. If they truly believe in him and they want to get him some more weapons, then so be it. Um, but another mentor I was thinking, other than Alex Smith for Trevor Lawrence, and my final question here, because we got to wrap this up soon, but uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, how would you feel about bringing oh, him in? I'd love, I'd love Fitzmagic. The I'd beard. The beard. That would be an interesting, because Garner Minshew has the mullet, you replace him with the beard, I mean, and Trevor Lawrence has got the locks. I mean, Jags, they may just be attracted to good hair, you know? That guy. The thing is, is that it's just ironic because Fitz, Fitzpatrick played it, it. So with the AFC South, we always have that one player that just rotates teams. Andre Johnson literally rotated teams in the AFC South. Ryan Fitzpatrick has played for the Titans and the Texans. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he was drafted by the Texans. Oh, gee, where was Ryan Fitzpatrick drafted? This guy's been like all around the world. I I, that, I, I just know don't he's, even he know. played at Harvard. I know yes. that much. Yes, I do know that. Uh, he got drafted by. I know. I know he's drafted by one of the AFC South teams. I'm looking right now. It was oh, it was the Rams. Really? Mm-hmm. He started his career with the Rams. He must the have been first, a the first AFC South team he played for, the Titans, 2013. Oh yeah, that was that was that was when they got Mariota. Mm-hmm. Huh. That's t- I think I I it's think it's kind of falling in line, man. It's kind of falling in line. So when they had Mariota, now you get Trevor Lawrence. Could Fitzpatrick be that guy? I mean, I think it would work. I'd love to see them go after Alex Smith or Ryan Fitzpatrick. Honestly, I think getting a guy to mentor Trevor Lawrence is so key. Um, obviously, with Mahomes and Alex Smith mentoring him. Every team has tried to emulate that in some way because of how well it worked. Mm-hmm. It's just also hard to find a guy willing to do that. And mm-hmm. Brian Fitzpatrick has, has came out and said that he wants to be a starter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and, I, and, and Alex and that's Smith not, has too. And that's not going to happen. Alex Smith has too. He wants to be a starter somewhere. I feel like Alex Smith has a better chance of being a consistent starter than than uh than Fitzpatrick because Alex Smith like Alex Smith when he played this year he was good mm-hmm. like yeah he it's won more so it's more so his games I'm pretty sure it's more so what he did off the stat sheet I mean his leadership was great he completely turned around you know what seemed to be like a, a hopeless football team but I mean I wish we could have seen him in that playoff game but that really just led to the birth of Taylor Heineke <laughs> but, yes I mean, and now he is their franchise quarterback <laughs> but you know i'd love to see fitzpatrick i'd love to see smith i just want to see them go after a solid veteran option uh to kind of groom trevor Lawrence yeah. in that sense i think a lot of teams are going to be trying to do that because the amount of qb talent in this class is just off the charts i mean justin fields trey lance uh, zach wilson like all these guys are looking really good i'm just very very glad that we did not get the number two pick because <laughs> it would be an absolute crap shoot. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. it would be possible that we would take Mac Jones. That would be a Jaguars oh. thing to do. Oh, I guess so. But, uh, but, but if any name other than we like, this is the only reason why I'm not like worried is because we can't mess this up. This is the can't. one time, like it is physically you impossible to mess, mess this up. 
Yeah, I mean, people were saying Justin Fields. Oh, he has a connection with Urban. Meyer. He has no real connection to Urban Meyer. Like he, he came never after was he recruited. Left. He he was never recruited I mean, by Urban. He was no, nothing. There yeah, is it's nothing. It's gotta there. be Trevor. You cannot. You, you just can't. You can't mess it up, as you said. It's. Want to say JT Barrett? Okay, fine. Whatever. <laughs> but it's like, probably the most safe pick we've seen in recent years. Like. Now that we said that, they're going to Marshawn jinx it, Lattimore if we wanted to trade for him because, like, I guess they have a no. They have they do. Marshawn Lattimore played for Urban. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. But they'd rather cut everybody else on their roster. Yeah, I mean Saints. I don't know what they're going to do. And, <laughs> and leave only Taysom Hill. I don't know what they are going to do. <laughs> Paying sixteen mil, bro. Like oh, I saw, man. I saw, I saw a tweet, and it was like, uh, all right. It was it was the the Saints GM. It was like Saints GM. All right, we're sixteen mil under uh we're over the salary cap. We have to make sixteen mil. Sean Payton. Okay, what do we got to do? He's like, well, Taysom Hill makes sixteen million. Sean Payton he doesn't want to stares do that. blankly. He's not gonna want to do that. I think. Well, what I if think... we cut Camara? Honestly, <laughs> I think Jameis Winston should start over Taysom Hill going. Oh, absolutely. Next year. I think As an Alvin Kamara fantasy owner, he better. <laughs> yeah, he better. I mean, Taysom Hill, he's good, but 16 mil a year good? I think Jameis could start on a lot of teams. Um, Jameis could teams? start on the Pats. On the Pats, maybe. I think he, he just needs the, he needs the right coach. I think under Peyton, he did really well in that game manager type of role. He just needs the right coaching around him. The Pats would definitely give him that with Belichick and Josh McDaniels. So, you know, he would be a good starter on the Pats. But as of right now, assuming Brees retires. That's just oh. a Florida State fan. And- <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Jameis Winston. Uh, but anyways, that's going to wrap it up, man. Tyler, thank you for coming on. Uh, and now we're going to go back to you, Jack and Anish. All right. Thank you, Shrikar. That was great. Um Anish, let's get into our second topic. Uh, talking about the franchise tags, which recently happened. Um, and I want to talk about, you know, just an overall discussion of what we liked, what we didn't like, what we expected and didn't expect. Uh, I'll start. Uh, as a Jets fan who has been pounding the table, like, since midseason, that Allen Robinson will be a Jet next year, uh, I really didn't like the franchise tag uh, of Allen Robinson for the Chicago Bears. But I do think it's a good move. A you know, to incentivize a quarterback to come there. But also, I just think, like, you can't sever the relationship that much with him. And this just gives him a year to, you know, maybe fix things then. Uh, but I just feel like Allen Robinson definitely can't like that one too much. I'm sure he was very much looking forward to joining a new team. Um, and then some of the ones some of the ones were a little, little bit expected. I expected Chris Godwin and mm-hmm. Marcus May. But I didn't really expect both of the tackles uh, that got tagged. Uh Taylor Moten and Cam Robinson. I just felt like they were both, I think Cam Robinson is just an average or below average tackle. Um, But I understood that one a little bit just because, you know, having that tackle there for Trevor Lawrence, once he gets there, it was probably a good move. And then Taylor Moten, who I think is above average. I just kind of didn't really expect that one to be completely honest. I just didn't think they would want to get that money tied up uh, in a a franchise tag tackle for this year. Um, And then, you know, I'll let you talk about some of the other ones too, but that's just, some of the ones I expected, didn't expect, and liked. So I think for the franchise tags, you know, deadline came so fast. I mean, you know, yeah. we're already like five weeks into the offseason. I mean, isn't that crazy, mm-hmm. NFL fans? But like, you know, I think you're right. I expected Chris Godwin. Uh, I expected Justin Simmons. That was another one I expected. Um, I think for, you know, Taylor Moten to just, you know, I've watched a lot of Panthers film, you know, recently with uh, – been talking a lot about Carolina I again I told Jack this off camera I think Taylor Moten is the 12th best tackle overall or at least he was the 12th best tackle last year um you know both left and right and uh he's 26 so I can kind of understand the tag uh he's there he was their best offensive lineman Cam Robinson I really haven't heard much about him like I know I believe he plays the right side uh you know just again like you said average you know nothing spectacular I think he has a 61 grade from PFF so it's just you know literally the definition of average um you know he's probably the worst player on this list they got tagged uh brandon sheriff kind of not a surprise but like you know he's getting up there in age so it's going to be hard for him to get that uh, extension unfortunately you know let's say he doesn't have the best year next year 
Yeah. Is someone really going to be willing to spend, you know, four years, 68 mil, that type of contract on him? I don't know. So unfortunate for him, but you know, at least he's getting a lot of money for this year. And uh, like you said, Marcus may not the biggest Jets fan I am. So, you know, I, I know he's a good safety though. Played really well uh, despite losing Jamal Adams uh, was really good in coverage too, at least uh, in the games I saw. Um, and um, Marcus Williams, another guy I wanted to talk about people, you know, finally starting to see the light with him because, you know, everyone just remembers the Minneapolis miracle, how he missed the tackle. And uh, I believe he was a rookie that year, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. He was. But he had a so, really good rookie year other than that. Yeah, exactly. And he's been like, great you know, ever since. So many things, you know, it's just been so underlooked uh, because of that. Or sorry, overlooked, <laughs> whatever's the right word. Like he's just, well, I mean, you know, a lot of safeties this... in general are also just very overlooked. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I would say, you know, my, the tag that I was thinking of was, you know, because Chris Godwin, now that he's tagged, you know, what does this mean for a guy like Shaq Barrett? Because, you know, you you basically had to choose between who you're really going to give that extension to. And um, I think I think they made the right choice because, you know, with Shaq Barrett, he's a guy that I believe he was tagged last year. Yeah. And um, he didn't have – he had a kind of, you know, down year overall – because you know you expect more sacks with one-on-one matchups especially with you know sue there uh and jpp but in the super bowl and in the nfc championship i'll just read these off he had four sacks in uh, those two games uh two tackle for losses in uh the super bowl and then i think two in uh the packers game and then three qb hits in the packers game so i mean like you know what (laughs) like this dude came alive when it counted um and made himself some money for sure yeah, very talented. Yeah, those were those were money making plays. So he's a very talented guy. And I think, you know, that I think for the Bucks, that's the question, right? Like how much how much is Shaq Barrett willing to take a little bit less of? Because, you know, obviously he knows the Bucks aren't going to be able to offer him full house. Uh, and, you know, the Browns fan of me really wants him to leave so we can offer him something. But uh, I, I, all likelihood, he'll probably stay. But I think Chris Godwin was a good tag because now it'll really give you time, maybe one more year to restructure other deals. Uh, like maybe even Tom Brady might get a restructured deal so that Chris Godwin would stay. And I know Tom Brady will do that. He's the GOAT. He's been doing this for what, like 10, 15 years now. Yeah. So uh, it's expected. I think, you know, what I would say the one that like I was kind of also surprised a little bit was Leonard Williams because I thought, um, you know, he had a good year. So I, I but I thought the Giants were going to, you know, try and get him extended because uh, I feel like he wasn't going to garner like top tier D line money. I think right he now. Really? I, yeah. Because he had, he had a really good year, like 11 and a half sack. He had a really good year. But what I was thinking was, you know, there was still that kind of it factor, like, oh, you know, you were drafted sixth pick overall by uh, New York. I think he came out of USC, right? So that, yeah. <laughs> there's that vibe. No, I'm just kidding. But, you know, he kind of started off very slow. Uh, so I was thinking, you know, he had one good year with New York. So I was thinking, you know, maybe there was a little bit of that, uh, you know, questions with an extension but i think that it was a good tag nonetheless i don't i didn't have a problem with any tag in my opinion like you know but yeah. i just crazy how the deadline came so fast because mm-hmm. you know we were talking about how dak had to uh sign it in july right like i mean you know uh for signing the tag obviously and that like you know i'm like it's march and you know we already got most of the tags out the way so um it was good i think oh i didn't even get to talk about alan robinson i think that's the last one i'll touch on um you know I didn't want Allen Robinson to go to the Jets, so I'm not as mad. <laughs> you are <laughs> but, a little biased. Um, yeah, I think Allen Robinson, like, you know, Bears, like, they have to go for it now. Like, they at least should. Because, you know, it'll incentivize him to stay long-term, right? Like, there's yeah. going to come up this question again of should they extend Allen Robinson? And, you know, who wouldn't want, you know, as a quarterback, right? Like, because I think Wilson and Watson – obviously those are the guys that are trying to get have no trade clause. So who, you know, at least you have a weapon there. Like you have a boat, uh, you know, bonafide wide receiver one who can, his catch percentage is insane. I think he's had the least drops over the last two years. And, you know, obviously like bears, you know, we can talk, talk about Darnell Mooney, who's, you know, a really uh, underrated receiver, but like, again, you want that guy like that, you know, go to get it on third and four, get that first down, or I can throw that back shoulder fade and I know he's going to come down with it. That's the type of guy Allen Robinson is. I saw that in Jacksonville, a couple of friends of mine in middle school, we used to, you know, absolutely love his game. So I think he's going to be great, um, you know, again next year. Hopefully he's going to get a good quarterback. Keep in mind, he hasn't had an all, you know, you know, all pro or all, you know, just any good quarterback since high school. I mean, even in 
Penn State, I think he went to. I don't remember, but I know he hasn't had a good quarterback. So this tag was good for the Bears. Obviously, Jack is hurting from that. So a little bit of Jets anti-bias from me. But, um, you know, I you know kind of good tags. I think no problem with any of them. Uh, excited to see what these guys can do with one more year for their team. I don't know what you mean. Allen Robinson hasn't played with a good quarterback. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky made a Pro Bowl the other year. Uh, yeah, I can't believe Super it. great. Totally deserving of a Pro Bowl bid. Um, but no, I want to touch on some of the things you talked about. Uh, the Buccaneers were an interesting situation with me because I felt like they had the three big free agents. They had they had Godwin, they had Shaq Barrett, and they had Levante David. And I assumed mm-hmm. that really what they could do is tag one, extend one, and the other would probably have to go in free agency unless they like really were willing to, the two that were going to get extended were willing to take pay cuts. And Levant, so then obviously Godwin was the one that got tagged. Levante David's got an extension, I think it's two years, $25 million. Yeah. It's not that, you know, it's not like, that egregious of a contract. Yeah. But I still feel like Barrett could be on the way out. But, you know, hey, that makes me happy. <laughs> I, I, I don't think he would choose the Browns um, personally, but I had him go to the Jaguars actually if, if he hits free agency. Um, but I, I just, it's tough because. A player like him, you know, he hasn't gotten really a big contract yet. And so this is his chance. And if he has to yeah. take a pay cut here, it's like, so what I was, ex- champion, yeah, so. I mean, what I was expecting was for them to tag David, extend Godwin, and then Shaq Barrett would be the one left out. But I feel like he's the best of those three. Like, honestly, I love Levante David and I love Chris Godwin. I feel like he's the best and probably most important to the team of those three guys. Really? You think he's the best? But whoa, I would, I think Lamonte 100%. That's just, I, I really like Lamonte David. I had him uh, as one of my top five underrated players in the league, yep. but with Devin white there, like, I think, yes. Uh, I think David right now is better than Devin white, but having Devin white there gives you a little bit of wiggle room with that. JVP is only getting older. The Dominican Sue's getting older. Vita Bay is like, obviously great, but he's a, he's a nose tackle, like a pure nose yeah. tackle. And yeah, so you can't put them on the outside. I just feel like Edge is the most valuable of those three positions. And, you know, it, it sucks to see him kind of get – he's the one the, – the odd man out in this situation. Yeah. And I, I feel like after seeing David's contract, I feel like Barrett will resign. It just means he's going to have to take a pay cut, which is a little bit – it's a little bit interesting and, and a little bit unfortunate for him. But then, you know, then it'll come a time where they have to pay Godwin when next year comes around. I don't – I don't have a hold on who their other free agents would be, but expect the Bucks to be in the situation next year. Another free agent this year, this year, this year. Okay. He's gone. Uh, I need to break it to him. I think he's gone. Uh, He's gone, but you know, maybe they think that at pick 32, they can get an edge guy in the draft. There's a ton. There's a very deep edge rusher class this year. So we'll see how that situation works out. Um, And then talking about the safeties, Marcus Williams and and justice, uh, sorry, Marcus Williams, Justin Simmons and Marcus may the safety tag was really low this year. Uh, I think it was like, just $10 million or yeah, $10 million, wow. 10 and a half or something like that. So it, it was a cheap tag. So I, I'm not really surprised by May or Simmons, but the Marcus, Mil- Marcus Williams one, the saints have like no money. The saints are very, very, but far they've no, the but cap. they've made moves to, uh, like they have restructured but, in two deals. I think they restructured uh 13 mil and they uh, have, but that's why, that's why I was surprised by Marcus Williams getting the tag because they're doing all of this work to, you know, restructure deals. And now they're getting a franchise tag, which is kind of like, you know, kind of suicide to your cap missions for a year because you have to pay them that max. Yeah. Yeah. Like kind of the top of that safety market contract, which maybe Marcus Williams would have gotten anyway from another team, but I just felt like he would have been the player that they kind of like let walk so they can figure out the rest of their situation. Um, For some reason, the saints always make it work. I don't know how they do it, (laughs) uh, but this is, this is the hardest year they're going to have of making it work oh yeah Uh, and they've they've kind of messed with this stuff for years with a bunch of restructures just pushing money back to the future uh and and that always eventually catches up with teams and that's kind of what's happening to the saints right now so even if they get it done this year like that just creates pile-ups for the future because i i think like explaining restructuring a little bit it just means that you're going to push money towards the back end of of deals you have more money right now you're essential, but you're essentially with some restructures, you're putting it into signing bonus. So that's like money yeah. outside of the cap, right? Like that's true. So there's salary cap versus signing. So like, you know, obviously even yeah. with job contracts that people get, or, you know, when you sign for a job, there's salary or like stock options, that type of thing. Yeah. Like, you know, there's always incentives in mm-hmm. any job you get. So that's kind of how it works for that. But you're right. Like it, it will catch up to them in some point, but um, 
I think the Saints with Marcus Williams, yeah, you're right. Like they could have let him walk. Uh, he was, you know, he was good. I wouldn't say he was a game changer on their defense. Like, you know, I could name, you know, I think Lattimore is a little bit more important. I think Mario Davis is a little bit more important. Same with Cam Jordan. Uh, so, you know, those are three right there. So I yeah. think Mark, Marcus Williams is still really talented. Uh, but you're right. I think the tag, obviously you have to pay them that money. There's no, and there, you can't restructure a tag. So yeah. that kind know. of puts them in cap, uh, limits their cap possibilities with a guy like him. But the Saints were anyway kind of on the decline after Drew Brees' is likely retirement. Yeah, and this and this just makes it harder for them to, you know, get their quarterback because they they still got to sign a quarterback this offseason. I think they've got yeah. to resign Jameis Winston, and so I, I'm very interested to see how they handle this money situation. But um, to move on to the last thing we're going to talk about this episode, the Chiefs cut both of their starting offensive tackles. Um, Eric Fisher and Mitchell Swartz. Mitchell Swartz, who I had coming into this year as, as I thought the best tackle in football, mm-hmm. or I mean, at least an undebatable top five tackle. And Eric Fisher is a former number one overall pick who's kind of revitalized his career after becoming an early bust. But after seeing what happened to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, where their offensive line was injured and Mahomes got absolutely ravaged by the Bucks all game, this was a very surprising you know, group of con- two consecutive moves. Uh, Anisha, I'll let you start on this topic. Uh, what do you think of them cutting both their starting tackles? I'm sure you're going to try and, you know, explain <laughs> this in a way that makes uh, <laughs> makes it look good for the Chiefs. But, uh, you know, so, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, first off, almost a year ago, crazy, it's almost been a year. Like, I know Jack and I will probably reflect back. Like, you know, we had a video about, I want to say – eight months back where we debated the Ravens and the chiefs who would be better the next five years. And I threw out the chiefs and I said, because Patrick Mahomes, but Jack threw out with me saying, you know, they're going to be in some cap hell. Uh, Yeah. We said uh, the argument was who was built to be better for the next five years, something like that. And I think, you know, I said strictly off Mahomes, they were just built better. And I think, um, but he did bring up the point that the chiefs were going to hit some cap troubles. Right. I think this was even before the Chris Jones signing. So, you know, here, I will defend this though. Like I, because so, you know, people quickly blame the lessened salary cap, but the thing is these two guys, one have been injury prone, uh, you know, the last few years. And I think Eric Fisher also had an Achilles injury. I don't yeah. He wouldn't have been ready to start. Yeah. I'm not surprised by him. I don't actually know. He wouldn't have been, I don't even know if he would have came back this year. Think of like Achilles takes 12 to 15 months. It's Mm -hmm. way worse than an ACL. People don't uh, recognize that a little bit. And both of them were in the final year of their deals anyway. So they would have had to extend them. So that actually takes a year off from what they were doing. And they save $18.3 million in cap. That's a lot like that. And the thing is, so they were, they're 21, they were 21 over at the time uh, on Sunday, right? Cause they did this. I think, I don't even remember when they did it, but you know, before they did this, they were 21 over. Now they're just under four over. And if you can barely be over the cap with Mahomes' salary, I'm sorry, that, that is actually really good because look, through the draft, I, I know ta- I've stressed this so much, like, you know, how important offensive line is. I have said that a hundred times, but they do have um, a left guard. I'm forgetting his name, but he allowed, you know, zero sacks in 678 snaps. Like they, they have some talent and obviously it was ravaged in the Super Bowl. Going up against a defensive line like that, it's going to be some trouble, but hey, they played horrendous. <laughs> but um, I think, you know, with GM Brett Veach, what you need to do is you need to restructure some deals like um, Chris Jones, Travis Kelsey, and Patrick Mahomes. Those are the three deals that you need to restructure, put more into signing bonus, limit the cap hit as much as you can, because the cap will lighten a little bit as time goes on. The NFL always does this. They'll put it to strict yeah. limit and then they'll kind of lighten it as time goes on. So there's, you know, also other contracts like Frank Clark. Why is that still a contract in their system? Like, I think it's 18.5 million. Yeah. Please get rid of it. Like, I'm not a Chiefs fan. You know, they beat my team in the playoffs, but come on. I mean, get like Frank Clark isn't worth it. Um, you know, that's one guy, uh, even Anthony Hitchens, you know, a little bit of hatred towards or actually, no, not Hitchens. Sorensen was the guy who did the helmet yeah. thing. Anthony Hitchens, good player, uh, but, you know, again, not worth the money that he's getting. But I think Frank Clark, especially, that contract is just absurdly bad. So if you let's say you get that out, right? And, um, you know, a guy like Mike Remmers, let him go. I mean, this dude literally got manhandled in two Super Bowls. I don't know how that's possible, but like, but he did for the Panthers and the Chiefs. So please let him go. Uh, and I'm sure Chiefs fans will agree with me on that. But, you know, 
there's definitely depth. And I think, for example, the Chiefs can go after Orlando Brown, maybe, uh, you know, this offseason, if they can uh, restructure deals and who wouldn't want to play protecting Patrick Mahomes. That's one guy I was suggesting. Maybe even, uh, what's it? I think Riley Reef, uh, yeah. the Vikings just released. That's a guy you can also pick up. So that's just some suggestions. And um, I will also say this. I think, one, there's, you know, the, at least the QB center uh chemistry is still there you know uh, qb center uh chemistry is something that people very underlook a lot and we've seen it right uh with uh lamar and what's his name skura i think i can't, yeah. I can't remember this yeah center who just absolutely was terrible um you know the chiefs will like this i mean i'll i'll pin it over to you so you can kind of reflect on it but like do you, even with these two tackles gone do you really think the chiefs are going to miss a massive beat like i i wouldn't bet on it i've already i've already said this offseason that i think that they could they could really struggle because of this Super Bowl loss. Like I, I've compared them, I think, a little bit to the Seattle Seahawks in a way where Russell Wilson came in uh, his second year. It, you know, they were playing really well, won a Super Bowl, and then the third year lost the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And they haven't been the same since. And now, like I, I agree with everything you said about the tackles. I'll kind of leave that where it was. Um, but. I'm really seeing even more similarities now between Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson in the start of their careers, because mm-hmm. now think about why Russell Wilson has been so upset the last couple of years. He gets hit. Yeah, too no much. protection. Agree. No protection. Yep. He hasn't had an offensive line his entire time. Now the chiefs have not a whole lot of money because there's 500 plus million dollars invested in Patrick Mahomes and other positions around the team. Like Tyreek Hill has, I totally forget if he's gotten an extended, extended he, he did, I believe so. He, he believe, did, but I think, I, I mean, I still think he's a little bit on the horizon. Um, Tyra Matthew and Travis Kelsey. And like, they've got so much money tied in other places and now they have to rebuild an entire offensive line and shooting, including two tackle spots. You told this to me last year when, after the jets rebuilt their entire offensive line, yep. you can't rebuild an offensive line in a year. And now the chiefs have to, I mean, yes, you have the, you got the center uh, and then they've, they're going to have uh, LVT coming back this year, but still you've got to rebuild an entire offensive line, including both tackle spots. Yeah, that's, I agree with you. It's so going they to, will, like, they like, will miss a beat. They like, they will. They will I, but the problem, so for example, with the team, like the jets, like, you know, that, that is an example that I brought up and I think I was kind of over the course of, like Becton was good but overall the offensive line just wasn't the greatest and I think you can agree with me on that right yeah but um you're right like it is hard to rebuild an offensive line I've said this so many times and I think for the Chiefs even last year uh you know I I didn't expect it to be you know as good as it was in the game against San Francisco like in the fourth quarter they really didn't get any pressure on Patrick Mahomes like uh you know offensive line played great and I think in terms of missing a beat look when you have it's not even you know look I think football is a lot of a mental game and I think you know when you have the not swagger but the confidence of Patrick Mahomes or at least the off script ability that he possesses I have never seen I'm sorry like consistent off script throws you know you you know what I mean right like you know out of the pocket or like just Mm -hmm. I have never seen it just how consistently he can do it from any side of the field. There was actually an article and I really want to put this up, uh, you know, for people to see, um, I believe the uh, wall street journal did it, you know, it, it showed where, uh, Tom Brady and where Patrick Mahomes throws the, uh, through, through the football this year. Uh, not, I, it might've even been the career, but I think it was this year. So Tom Brady, like they would put dots for where it was in the field. Tom mm-hmm. Brady's was just straight line, right? Like, you know, in the box tackle box, yeah. Patrick Mahomes was everywhere I'm, I'm talking like you know all the way to both sides and just all around there were dots and i'm like i mean you know it wasn't even surprising because you know i could even remember where at times like which place he was yeah. throwing it like just the way he you know can move with the football is just incredible and i'm not gonna say he can override all that i'm not gonna go you know as far as i did uh last year and i was like just patrick Mahomes, just patrick Mahomes. but i'm a quarterback believer and i think you know he has he's figured out defenses in a way that a lot of quarterbacks haven't and I just don't you know we can point to the talent that they have um but you know I like you're right I think I don't know if they can win another Super Bowl at least for this year because I'm telling you when in the playoffs it's just think about it I can't name you a team that hasn't won a Super Bowl that hasn't you know won both lines of scrimmage Mm -hmm. I, I, I can't name one. No, and uh, I, I was just about to say, they already have to deal with getting over 
you know, the Super Bowl loss. And now mm-hmm. Mahomes and the team's going to have to deal with uh, dealing with cap ramifications and fixing the offensive line. And so, you know, I don't want to make a definitive statement yet because we haven't seen free agency. We haven't yep. seen the drafts. We haven't seen if they made any trades. But if it's just an average offseason, kind of like it's a normal offseason, yeah. I really don't think the Chiefs win the Super Bowl this year. I, I agree with really you. Don't. I, unfortunately, like, because again, like I've like just, you know, I finally figured it out. Like, you know, it's, or I finally kind of had a way to say it to people. You know, it, it was never defense wins championships. And even when we said, you know, I think both of us said this last year, even I did, like, oh, the Chiefs was the turning point. Now it's offense. It's not yeah. that. It's lines of scrimmage. It's balance. I think, yeah, it's balance. But I think also, again, like I said, you know, it starts inside and it goes out. So I can't name you again, like I said, a Super Bowl champion. If you can prove me wrong, he'll do it. But I haven't, like, in the last maybe 10, 15 years, just thinking back, even going through my head right now. I mean, every Super Bowl champion has won both lines. And I think for the Chiefs, their defensive line is okay, you know, led by Chris Jones, Frank Clark. I'm telling you, just get him out of there. <laughs> like, But their offensive line is not going to, you know, push them back. I mean, and also, what does this mean for the running game? We yeah. haven't even mentioned that. Like, you know, Clyde Edwards-Hiller is pretty talented. I mean, they get Damian Williams back because he opted out. But, like, if you don't have an offensive line, you know, there are so many running back stats that are essentially so offensive line driven yeah. that people don't even realize that. Like, you know, there's always like these, these e yards and yards per attempt and all this yards per broken tag like that. I'll leave that to, you know, the whole analytics community and something that I plan to kind of look into, but the whole basis of it, like, you know, yards, touchdowns, and even attempts is so offensive line driven yeah. that people underestimate that. And that chief's running game is, wasn't good last year it could get even worse. And I don't want this to happen, you know, kind of like the Steelers uh, where they just ultimately shied away from the running game. And, you know, you can't put so much on Patrick Mahomes. We've seen this with Aaron Rodgers. We've seen this with Russell Wilson. You're right. Not something you want to do. Yeah. And, and I just, we got to wrap this up. So it doesn't go, you know, too long. I think it already has gone pretty long, but it's, I think it's funny that last year everyone said the Chiefs are a team in a position they can do whatever they want in the draft. And so no one questioned them taking a running back at pick 32 yep. because they could afford to do it. And now look where they're sitting with holes. Uh, they're going to have a hole at linebacker, a hole at pass rusher. Uh, they've still kind of got a small hole at corner, and they've got a bunch of holes over the offensive line. And, you know, it's kind of funny thinking, well, too bad they took a running back last year. Like they could have mm-hmm. addressed some of this stuff. Um, and I know they didn't plan for the injuries to happen uh, on the offensive line, but look, it just shows you that this whole thing in general just shows you that no team is safe in the NFL. I mean, that's hundred percent. I mean, no teams team. can go up, they can go down in any given point in the year. Yeah. Any given point. So uh, it's crazy. But, yeah. But yeah, that's going to finish up uh, our episode. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you enjoyed the new format too. And the stuff we talked about, we'll be back next week. I assume doing the exact same thing. Hopefully, you know, we get some good news to talk about, some breaking news. Obviously, this week we were blessed with the Dak Prescott signing. Uh, but next week we'll be back to you guys doing the same thing. So let us know. Uh, you can go follow our Instagram and our Twitter. Also, our YouTube will be in the uh, in the link in the description. Um, also, to let us know there what you thought of the episode and the new format. We want to know because we want to give you guys exactly what you want and, and your favorite things. So let us know. Also, our website will be down there. And any video we talked about will be in the description for this episode. But thank you guys so much for listening. We've been the Cold Hard Truth, and we will see you next time.